Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Pass on WSIC. Thank you so much for watching us and or listening to us, or I don't know if Facebook Live is up yet, but if it is, then, uh, oh, it is. Okay, so if you're watching us on Facebook Live, thank you so much for watching us there as well. I'm Randy Miller, Tom Becker, sitting over in the Selman seat as he usually is as we continue practicing social distancing in uh, the midst of the coronavirus situation. There has not been a whole lot of news this morning, um, but there was a lot of news yesterday. So we'll catch you guys up on everything that happened yesterday. Um, and then uh, coming up in the next segment, we will be joined by sports business journal, NASCAR um, journalist Adam Stern. He is probably the TMZ of uh, NASCAR sports broadcasting in terms of breaking news and breaking information. So he will hopefully have all the latest information for us when he joins us in just a little bit. So in the last 24 hours, we have had uh, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, and Texas all say they are on board with hosting a NASCAR race without fans in attendance. Texas has since kind of downplayed their desire to be the first and said that they would rather uh, wait until June which was the originally scheduled, rescheduled date for the Texas race in the first place. Um, but they want to do a double header, and now they're looking at doing a quadruple header, which would be Xfinity Trucks, IndyCar, and NASCAR all on the same potential weekend. So it would be like two days, two, tra two races, and two races. Um, basically, fly in, race, and fly out. That's the, the game plan uh, as it is with uh, Eddie Gossage and the folks at Texas. So now we're down to a potentially three-way battle between, uh, I guess, Florida, which would be either Homestead or Daytona, um, Darlington and South Carolina and Atlanta to see who's going to host the first race back. It's kind of a you know, first one of the checkered flag. It's almost like a green-white checkered overtime finish in a NASCAR race between these tracks <laughs> trying to figure out who's going to be the first race back for NASCAR, Tom. Yeah, I mean, a week ago, we just didn't have a clue if or when we would oh. ever host a race. And here we are seven days later, and we got tracks fighting over the comeback. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is that the governments are still in the way in some mm -hmm. cases. So um, there are some states that are more excited than others. Um, the, the first NASCAR race that's on the schedule going forward would be Martinsville. Well, actually, Martinsville got canceled so um, or postponed. So Charlotte would be mm -hmm. next up if you go by the current schedule pre pre coronavirus. Um, but Roy Cooper is squarely in the way of that right now. Correct. So um, and and in fact, he's square in the way of it all because unless and until either a the lockdown in North Carolina goes off at expires at the end of the month mm -hmm. or b he makes NASCAR essential, in which case the teams can get back in the shops. We're not going racing anywhere. Right, exactly. So the NASCAR teams basically have two cars already set and ready to go, Atlanta and Homestead. Those are the two tracks that were up next on the schedule. So those cars are essentially ready to go. So if it were a situation where Homestead would be the first race back, they could conceivably right. go to the shop, grab a car, and leave and not really have to do have too much prepare work to do. The schedule that we are talking about is never has never really been made official. It was it was basically just kind of floating around uh, on social media a couple of weeks ago, where NASCAR had given teams a revised copy of what they think the schedule would look like if the coronavirus situation went on into May, as it is right now. It looks like it's going to 
somewhere between the end of April and, and mid-May, it looks like we might be able to get out of this lockdown. But the schedule that was originally given to the teams has the next scheduled race being the Coca-Cola 600, which was the, the race that we all thought would be the next race back anyways, because we figured Martinsville wasn't going to be on the schedule anyways, and it has since been postponed. Right. So essentially, the next race that is on the schedule is the Coca-Cola 600. Um, but again, that's all depending upon Cooper and whether he decides to let NASCAR be deemed essential so that the teams can get those cars ready, or if we have to rearrange the schedule again and do um, do different races first. Later on in the show, we're, we're going to talk about what we think the schedule might be, or what we would, if we were in charge of the schedule, what we would do to kind of make things fit back into place. Because essentially, we're we're not really losing any more races because Martinsville was already off of the revised schedule anyway, and we we put in later on. So. If the schedule is is ran the way it is, it was given to teams as of now. Then we we're all we're okay and we're on track as of right now. Right. Yes. If we could start at Charlotte Memorial Weekend mm-hmm. uh, as planned, mm-hmm. then yes, the the schedule the 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 maybe we could do it right. this way schedule that <laughs> was floated around a few weeks ago could still be done. Um, but even even with that, you still have to be conscious of if we come to a point in the schedule where you're up against the state that's not open yet, you know, mm-hmm. then you've you got to make further changes. So it, the problem you've got is that it seems like every day. I mean, last night on League Lap, for example, we kind of chronicled throughout the show the whole situation in Texas where, you know, first. Um, the governor said, yes, we'd love to have NASCAR without fans. Then uh, Eddie Gossage jumped on board. Then later in the show on Twitter, the mayor of um, Fort Worth jumped on board. Mm-hmm. So all through the show, I mean, literally, it's changing that rapidly right. where, you know, in this hour that we're spending doing the show, you could have X number <laughs> of states open and, right. you know, whatever. It's It's just that fluid. Yep. So... Um, it's got to be just a nightmare for NASCAR to try to figure all this out. Yeah, to me, it would seem like you would want to at least figure out the first probably seven, eight weeks of the season yeah. uh, to at least get you at through to like, maybe June, uh, somewhere in June time frame, yeah. and then see where the other tracks are at, at that point. But there's tracks on the schedule that haven't been, like Kansas is the, is the race after the 600, and we don't know what Kansas situation right. they're in. So that's a whole other thing. We're going to take a quick break in a minute, but I do want to mention two things. First of all, so I guess it's a little bit of breaking news. The uh, fan vote for the 2021 Hall of Fame class is open. You can go to NASCARHalloFame.com to vote for your favorite uh, nominee. And the ratings are in for the iRacing race on uh, on Sunday. 971,000 total viewers, 291,000 in the 18-49 to 49 demographic. That is a, a weekly increase in that demographic. So I guess that's good for the the, the next generation yeah. uh, guys. We're going to take a break. Hopefully Adam Stern will be with us when we come back. On the Inside Pass, we'll be right back. Seven Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Huntersville turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Hello, race fans. This is Chris Wright. Thanks for listening to these guys. Man, what some great radio hosts. You're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. Thank you so much for watching us. If you're watching us on Digital Channel 25.2 in the greater Lake Norman area, or on one of the three WSIC stations, 105.9 FM, 100.7 FM, or 1400 AM, 
or if you're listening to us on the live stream, WSICFM.com or on Facebook Live at the WSIC News Facebook page. Thank you so much no matter how you are listening to us. If you miss today's show, you can always catch us on any of the podcasting sites that you choose as your favorite. Just search for Race Chaser Radio and it is right there. You can also catch it on the Inside Pass uh, website, which is InsidePassLive.com. There's also a schedule of upcoming guests there as well. Um, also, if you want to give us a call and tell us what you think about uh, the potential schedule or what race you would like to see or what track you would like to see NASCAR go back to, since we're kind of in this whole, you know, what are we going to do with the schedule at this point in time, you can give us a call at 704-873-1400 and uh, let us know what track you would, would like to see NASCAR run at. One of the tracks we know they are not going to be running at anytime soon is in Sonoma, California, uh, because the California government basically has uh, outlawed and banned sports to completely and totally for the next year, uh, so they will not gonna, they are not going <laughs> to yeah. allow sporting events until 2021, um, which makes it almost a guarantee that Sonoma is not going to be on the schedule uh, for the rest of 2020. Uh, so that's one race that we know that they, they will definitely have to um, take into account when they start doing the schedule. So should NASCAR take this uncertainty to try to do things with the schedule, Tom, that you wouldn't normally see. I mean, we, we're looking at the schedule that NASCAR gave out, and it has obviously every track that we run that we've run for the last 10 years, um, just in a different order. But I think a lot of people on social media are wanting NASCAR to go, you know what, you guys want to run tracks that are close proximity to the shops. So there's all these tracks that we don't either don't run at anymore or don't get a chance to go to um, anymore for whatever reason or another. So wouldn't it be a good idea to try to play around with the schedule now since you know you're going to do that next year anyway and just see what works. Just throw silly putty at a wall and see what sticks. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because we talked about that last night on the legal app because as we were doing the show and we were pro- trying to process kind of where we are, I started to think about, well, gosh, you know, this this situation going on now mm-hmm. has a great effect on what's going to happen in 21, right. doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. um, the expectation that we went into this season with was that this is the final season of all of the current right. agreements with the tracks, between NASCAR and the tracks, uh, and that 21 was going to be a huge experimental year and you were going to really see some some different changes. You know, again, talking about things like maybe Nashville, uh, Iowa Cup race, you know, different things mm-hmm. like that. Um, now, I feel like this current situation will completely change that for 21 because you would be wanting right now, we would be four months, almost five months into the season right. if we hadn't had the interruption. And and those who figure out scheduling would be working hard on the 21 schedule right now. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's so consumed with trying to figure out how in the world are we going to do 2020? I don't think you're going to see much experimentation in 2021 at this point. I'd be surprised, in fact, to see a schedule that looks much different from what this year's was going to, because they're not going to have time to work on all that mm-hmm. sufficiently on the new stuff. So here's the here's the scenario we could have in NASCAR right now is we do what we can for the rest of this year. 2021 becomes what 2020 would have been, right? right? And 2022 becomes the year that we start seeing some of the 
kind of deviations and one-offs and Mm -hmm. different types of bells and whistles just in time for the brand new Gen 7 car. Right. Which, to me, is really intriguing because, you know, you think about taking that car, for example, to Nashville, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it creates a whole different dynamic and, and, and set of... Um, potential storylines for 22 that not only do you have the Gen 7 car, but you could have, you know, a a, a, a really unique and different schedule mm-hmm. of races for 2022. Um, but I just, I think that, um, I mean, uh, Justin Sullivan in our chat saying go to Sebring instead of Sonoma, that's an interesting thought. Um, you know, but of course, again, all of this is the, the problem with bringing a brand new track into the fold is that you've got to contact the track, make the logistical arrangements, do all the things you need to do to try to, you know, um, to get that up and running. Now, a lot of, I think the first, at least probably half dozen or more races, you're going to run without fans anyway. Right. Um, but so these are going to be made for TV shows. But again, looking ahead at the schedule, I'm not sure I see 2021 being the sort of radical experimental year that we once did just because all the time we would be spending now working on 21 under regular circumstances. Mm -hmm. We're now spending just trying to keep up with what's going on every day to try to figure out 2020. Which we we don't know how far into the 2021 schedule they have gotten. We we don't know where they were at in the process when all this stuff started taking place. It's possible the schedule could have already been done and they were just kind of keeping it under wraps for a little while. Um, Or there were certain tracks that they knew they were going to put on the schedule that they could easily just plug into the 2021 schedule. Um, So that part we don't know. What we do know is, of course, as you said, the first probably seven or eight races of the schedule are going to be ran without fans anyway. So logistically, there are tracks. I I heard a lot of people say, you know, North Wilkesboro is typical. I mean, you could race on that track. The surface is fine. The grandstands aren't, but you're not. There's no fans on the stands anyway. It's not though. Well, but well, I I know. I'm just saying it it needs a lot of work. There's no way Wilkesboro shows up. Right. That's a nostalgic fan going. Ooh, let's let's do that. But I mean, there there are. You know, there's there's South Boston. There's more. I mean, there's Myrtle Beach. There's places that you could conceivably go where you don't necessarily have to worry about logistically fans coming in and out of the of the stands. You mentioned Iowa being a, a, a good race. I know. Jacob has said, you know, I won't, won't run cup because there's not, you know, there's no infrastructure going in and out of the racetrack. Blah, 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 well, blah. we both said that, and that's been that's that's what's kind of out there right now. It's it's a similar situation to Kentucky, right, uh, where they used to be, but mm-hmm. they fixed Kentucky, right. And I I don't think Iowa is necessarily a candidate this year, though I suppose they could. Um, but boy, it would be logistically, and again, if you're doing it without fans, then then that. Right. You know, the access doesn't You take out the much. traffic aspect um, of the whole thing. Right. So you won't necessarily need as much infrastructure. You just have to have a way to get the cars in and out. So. Right. But I do think that you've got now, you know, the problem with the South Boston's and all of that is that, you know, none of them have the soft walls or, you know, the, the type of barriers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what NASCAR is thinking in terms of, well, if we're going to go back to a track, do they all have to have the, right. you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, for this year, I think you're just trying to take the tracks you normally race at and come up with a schedule to do as many of those as we can in, in the order that we can so we don't have to completely do a 52-card pickup and, you know, remake the schedule. But, um, you know, when it comes to 21, I think you're, unless, as you say, and I hadn't thought about that, but unless you've already got a track that's sort of committed and ready to go that they haven't announced yet that's different, I think you're probably keeping 
2021 much the same. But uh, those are things. These are things we can talk to Adam Stern about when we bring him out. Yeah, thank God, because I, I, I know that somebody there's somebody in this world who is a better expert on all this than, than us. And many, so we are going to go people. To, <laughs> we're going to go to the strutmasters.com hotline and talk to one of the, the top guys on that master list that I, that I mentioned. Um, I, I call him the, the, the TMZ of this, the, the NASCAR sports breaking news that's department. that's flattering or not. I don't know if it's flattering <laughs> or not, but hopefully he's not offended by it. We, everybody, I think everybody in the media gets their breaking news story, or most people get their breaking news stories from, from this guy. He is from the Sports Business Journal. We welcome Adam Stern to the Inside Pass, and, and I'm going to be the, the advocate here and just ask the, the, the most obvious two questions. Number one, when are we going to go racing, and where are we going to go? Hey, guys, that's a great question on both accounts. Um, you know, nothing is confirmed yet. NASCAR has been talking to, you know, teams and tracks and, you know, elected officials about all sorts of options. Um, you know, clearly they, they want to do the Coca-Cola 600 on May 24th. The, the question is, is whether there's going to be uh, a race the week before. I don't see any races before that week before, so that would be um, May 17th, I believe. Um, you know, we're looking at potentially as a one-day show somewhere on May 17th. You know, there was some talk this past week about Homestead. Um, and then over the weekend and into yesterday, some teams expressed concerns about flying and staying in hotels for the first race. Uh, even if it's a one-day show, you know, you might not have to stay in hotels, but you would have to obviously fly to Miami. So there, some teams expressed some concern about that and, because of that, uh, NASCAR is now looking at also potentially the option of Darlington um, if they want to go down the route of doing a, a driving distance uh, event for the first race. So a lot of things going around right now. You know, theoretically, they could even change it up from there. Um, you know, they've been basically telling teams and telling their partners all sorts of different options. So, again, yesterday, the way it was what they were saying is that if we go down the driving distance route, it could well be Darlington. But, look, you know, things are changing by the day. You know, states are starting to open back up. Um, you know, we just saw Georgia yesterday make an announcement they're, they're opening back up. Does that change things to any extent? You know, South Carolina is also taking steps. So it could well be Darlington, but at this point, you know, nothing final has been communicated. And, you know, anywhere in the southeast is, is possible at this point. Um, you know, as far as Texas, it's looking more like that's going to be the June 7th, uh, June 6th weekend, I believe it is, with uh, IndyCar, if that happens. So I don't think it's going to be Texas. Um but I do think, you know, somewhere kind of on this southeastern corridor is where we're likely going to see it. I think the the hardest part of this for me to envision right now, Adam, is that, you know, we haven't even gotten to a point where teams can get into the shops to work on the cars yet. And I know that they had, you know, a couple of cars ready for Atlanta and Homestead, et cetera. But, um, you know, still, in order to go racing anywhere, you've got to be able to get get in the door and, and get your cars loaded and get things going um what are we what are you hearing about the prospects of uh, north carolina's lockdown being uh expired on the 30th and not being renewed you know i don't know the specifics about the state overall but what i do know is that you know nascar has definitely unleashed their full force of, of lobbyists and their own connections in recent weeks and so they've been already trying to talk to people like, you know, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper about this. Now, what we know is that this week there is going to be some sort of big meeting. Um, you know, I don't know if it was going to be virtual. I would presume it probably was, but I, I, I definitely don't know that. We don't know for sure who's going to be on it, whether it's going to be, you know, Roy Cooper and Jim France and Steve Phelps themselves. Probably, you know, at least one of those people on the NASCAR side you would assume will be. Uh, if, it's, if it's someone that they're meeting with, like the actual governor, 
Um, but, you know, clearly they're talking to his office at a minimum and, and discussing the parameters for getting this uh, restarted. So, um, you know, look, you know, it's definitely, as, as you said, you're exactly right. You can't put the car before the horse. The first step is getting shops reopened. I think the fact that they've gone to the point this week where there, there's going to be a meeting after what I understand were, were several weeks of discussions with their lobbyists and, and them themselves at NASCAR and, and local and elected officials in several states, as we saw yesterday with Texas, but also including North Carolina, um, I think, you know, clearly I think there, there's a chance that they already have a bit of a framework worked out, and maybe now they're just trying to move towards ironing out the fi- final differences. But we'll just have to see. You're exactly right. If you can't restart the, sh- if you can't get the shops open, you can't get the cars to go race anywhere. So uh, it's definitely, you know, a major impediment, but it's a major impediment until it's not. And they yeah. can announce something at, at any moment, and all of a sudden, we have news that the, that they've reached a deal and the shops are going to be open in two weeks or, you know, on May 1st or, or what have you. So, um, you know, right now it's kind of like, of course, until they make an announcement, you got to have to view it, you know, with however you want to put it, skeptically or with a grain of salt, et cetera, because anything could happen. But, uh, you know, the fact that they were having this meeting, to me, that indicates things were moving in the good uh, a good direction if you're NASCAR, because theoretically, if you're Governor Roy Cooper in North Carolina, <laughs> and you have no uh, interest in NASCAR's plan, why would you even take a meeting with them? All right, and that's exactly right. Adam, can hang on the line for a minute. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll have more with you when we come back, all right? No problem. All right, we'll be right back more with Adam Storm when we come back on the Inside Pass. Greater Statesville, WSIC, where North Mech turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Headlines for Davidson and the region, here's WSIC News. You've turned in to hear local news and so have a lot of other people. Your business could be advertising right here. Find out how affordable it can be. Call 704-872-6345, 704-872-6345. Hey radio family, it's Margaret Beveridge from the WSIC News Desk. The future of the Terrell Country Store has been in limbo for months. Now the new owner has come up with a solution to save it. The plan is to dismantle the building piece by piece and place it in storage until a new location is found, said Robert Eads, local business owner and history buff. Prestige purchased the Terrell Country Store land in late 2019 along with two connected parcels. For more, visit hickoryrecord.com. Some South Carolina retail stores and public beach access points that had been closed to halt the spread of the coronavirus will be allowed to reopen this week, Republican Governor McMaster announced on Monday. McMaster issued orders to allow reopenings to take place for some retail stores Monday, April 20th, and public beaches at noon today. For more, visit fox46charlotte.com. Stay tuned to WSIC throughout the day for more. I'm Margaret Beveridge from the News Desk. I'm Ryan Scott with Randy Marion here in Statesville. And times are tough right now, and we get it. But there are deals if it makes sense for you to buy a new vehicle at this time. 0% up to 84 months and deferring payments up to 120 days. No payment for 120 days. 
that might help the budget right now with what's going on. So come see us at Randy Marion Chevrolet Estatesville and see if a new car, truck, SUV, or anything we have on the lot makes sense for you to buy today. We'll do the best we can to help you during this tough time. Randy Marion Chevrolet Estatesville, I-40. Why should I care? To provide hope and healing to those impacted by domestic violence and sexual assault. Join me, Melissa Nieder, on Why Should I Care to learn more about this mission of Safe Alliance. Thursdays at 8 on News Talk 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Now more than ever, Gullion's Christian Supply encourages all of us to seek the Lord as individuals and families. In this special time together at home, let's sing, play, study, and pray for the glory of God and our own eternal good. Gullion's is here to help. We offer Bible study and devotional materials, hymnals, inspirational games and puzzles, and trustworthy curriculum and support for schooling at home. Visit us soon or call and we'll ship your order. See Gullions.com for more info. Gullions Christian Supply and Homeschool Headquarters, where the Bible stands. Hello, race fans. I'm Tom Baker, inviting you to join Randy Miller and me every Tuesday morning from 11 to noon for the Inside Pass, an hour of motorsports conversation with your calls and special guests here on WSIC. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker with you. And on the Strutmasters.com hotline, we have our buddy Adam starting from Sports Business Journal. Before you called in, Adam, uh, Tom and I were kind of kicking around the idea of what would uh, what would a typical NASCAR schedule be like now because a lot of these tracks like Sonoma we, we know is not going to happen, for at least for the foreseeable future. So on social media, a lot of people are kind of plugging in tracks that they would love to see NASCAR run at. And Tom and I kind of was talking about next year's schedule because it was supposed to come out you know, sometime this month, but now with the pandemic, of course, they're trying to work on 2020. Have you heard anything about the 2021 schedule and you know what's going to happen with the schedule if we're going to get that that uh, you know grand schedule that we're all looking forward to looking forward to next year? I mean, I think clearly uh, NASCAR is going to try and do this in a, in a bit of a logical order. So I definitely don't ex- you know it would be absurd for them to release the 2021 schedule right now when we don't know the 2020 schedule. So right. I definitely expect. I definitely expect them to follow a bit of a logical order there as far as what they announced publicly. <clears throat> you know, clearly, you know, the coronavirus pandemic touched off, what, in mid-March in the U.S. Mm-hmm. in terms of when things really shut down. Right. You know, they've been working on this 2021 schedule for, for long before then. So I definitely think that they've made some, you know, inroads for sure in what they were planning to do. Um, I'm sure that they hadn't t- totally completed all those discussions. For example, one that we know for sure is, is Nashville. You know, Nashville is a situation that has not been resolved. We would know if it would be because they would be happy to announce it if there was a done deal. And so that's an example of something that, you know, that's at least one public example of something we know that could be on the 2021 schedule that's not done yet. So, and and a lot of those things probably likely got delayed, these talks, because of the whole COVID situation. So I would think for sure that the 2021 schedule release is going to be delayed. Um, Heading out of the Phoenix weekend, um, you know, about two months ago at this point, I guess a month and a half or, or what have you, um, there was a report, and I was hearing the, the same things at the time privately. I hadn't been able to confirm it yet, but then Steve Phelps confirmed it to the Arizona Republic that, you know, NASCAR had already kind of pumped the brakes on releasing the full 2021 schedule in April. Um, you know, they're immersed in a lot of talks, even, again, before this pandemic, they were immersed in a lot of talks with, all sorts of wide-ranging entities, tracks all over America, you know, football stadiums, talking about potential, you know, street circuit races, things like that. So a lot of these talks were still taking longer than I think what they could have been able to Not everything was done. So they couldn't release the full schedule in April anyway, or, or this month anyway. Um, so 
you know, at this point with everything that's happened, I think, you know, clearly we're looking at a delay for the 2021 schedule. You know, NASCAR could get to releasing a 20, you know, the revised 2020 schedule pretty soon here, I think, or at least kind of give us a roadmap for the first several races back in the near future, potentially this week. So that, that will kind of get the ball rolling, of course, um, on, in terms of getting closer to getting, you know, to what the 2021 schedule is. But, yeah, I mean, clearly it has to be delayed. Um, you know, we, every I think you've probably seen Fox Sports' Bob Hawker say this before, and I could pretty much echo it, is like, we've all heard every rumor. I mean, there's so many tracks that have been rumored that, and w- without being confirmed that it's tough to throw too many out there because it's like you could just assume, I mean, if you guys want to go all, you know, name certain tracks and say, have you heard a rumor about them? I mean, it's probably going to be yes, but if the, if the follow-up is, is, is confirmed, the answer is definitely, you know, no right now. So, unfortunately, that's where we're at. You know, I'm definitely trying to dig on that. And, again, we have all heard names. You know, some of those names have been thrown out publicly in various means and ways, like Gateway Motorsports Park has said publicly before they'd love to be on the 2021 schedule. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Nothing's confirmed yet, but that's an example of a track that would love to be added. Uh, you know, now known as Worldwide Technology Raceway, but yeah, nothing confirmed yet. It's it's interesting because I I mentioned to Randy in the first segment before we brought you on that because of all of this sort of uncertainty and the timing and the fact that they haven't been able to, you know, they've been spending so much time suddenly worrying about 2020 that you haven't been able to make any probably any real progress with 21 in all of this. Do you think that there's a possibility that a lot of those newer tracks they just won't have time? to sufficiently get deals done and together before 21 now because of this delay, do you think the 21 schedule looks a lot more like what this year's schedule would look like because of this issue? Uh, and then 2022 becomes the sort of, hey, let's go do all this different stuff just in time for the brand new car to come out. Yeah, I think that's a great you know, observation there. Um, you know, I, I can tell you this, even before, first and foremost, the short answer is yes, I think that's possible. Um, at the same time, that doesn't mean that ne- they're necessarily going to give up on everything for sure. 2021. Right. Um, but, but no question. One thing I know for sure is that some of the talk, and I, I got this confirmed with Steve Phelps himself on the record, that some of the discussions they were having were for, you know, potential opportunities that may not be ripe until 2022. That was before the pandemic. So even before the pandemic, they were working on some things that may not have happened until 2022 anyway. And so now that this has happened, yes, absolutely, we could see some some of these opportunities push back. A street circuit, for example, um, you know, has it just has is it now impossible for 2021? Uh, impossible might be a stretch, but clearly with everything going on across the country, it didn't get easier. I don't, right. I don't know how anyone can make an argument that it just got easier. So it was already looking to be where some some of those kind of exotic opportunities that weren't a permanent circuit, permanent track, might have already been taken until 2022. So, yes, I think for sure we could see some of those delayed. But as far as specifics, again, unfortunately it's too early. And part of the reason it's too early is just because people aren't talking yet. I mean, like, tracks like Circuit of the Americas have been mentioned. But if you go try and ask Bobby Epstein, the chairman of CODA, 
it's probably not going to respond to you right now. So right. I've tried. I've yeah, tried. If he's wise, he would. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, if I can't get through, nobody's going to get through. I'm still intrigued yeah. about if, uh, NASCAR racing on a football stadium. That just blows my mind that that was even a thought in somebody's mind. Um, so we kind of know where NASCAR is kind of wanting to go in terms of their schedule, the, the schedule that has been floating around you know, social media for the last several weeks. But nothing's been really talked about in terms of Xfinity and trucks. I, I'm assuming, of course, they're trying to get the cup schedule worked out before they worry about the other two series. But I've heard everything from they're just going to cancel the entire season to, you know, they're, they're just going to run the exact same schedule. Do you know anything? Uh, have you heard anything about what they're going to do with the Xfinity and Truck Series schedules after Cup gets going? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I mean, obviously, you know, nobody can roll anything out and canceling the entire season. I mean, that would be an extremely, uh, I mean, that would be the word. That would be an extreme step. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's something that we have, uh, you know, I have tried to check in on from my, you know, the, from what I understand from people kind of in that series or who pay attention to, you know, Xfinity truck series, they don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I asked someone a couple, you know, last week and their response was, you know, 0% chance that that happens. So, you know, at least as far as a team president at, you know, a team that, that involves themselves in, in some of those series, uh, you know, last week they were saying 0% was their response, but as far as, you know, no chance that the whole season is just going to be canceled. But, at the same time, uh, you know, no one knows anything for sure right now, so who knows? But but as of right now, from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing not to expect that. That would be a devastating blow to, to teams, just about it any any team, yeah. to not be able to run an entire schedule. And that's why I don't think it would happen unless right. it had to happen. I mean, you know, these guys know, you know, NASCAR knows, not only do they want content for their fans, if they can do it in a safe manner, of course, that mm-hmm. which is just their general modus operandi 24-7-365 usually, but then you throw in the fact that, like you said, you know, <laughs> you'd be forcing teams out of business. Right. That's a catastrophe. So no. I think, you know, it's way too early for them to be thinking about canceling the whole season. I mean, the NASCAR season doesn't usually end till November, and they're thinking about maybe even going into December this year if need be. So in terms of canceling the rest of the season in April, I don't see why they would rush to that. I agree. So let's talk about the iRacing thing. I mean, I, the the ratings have, have been coming out, you know, consistently every week. I mean, you you've been posting them on, on your your feed as well. The eighteen to forty nine demographic seems to be where they're kind of gaining momentum in, in terms of that. But at the same time, in the last four weeks, we've lost one driver sponsorship and one driver completely in the sport. So, from the behind the scenes look, is NASCAR does NASCAR think that this is a great idea? You know, to, to keep the content out there, even though that you know behind the scenes there's a lot of controversy and things going on behind the scenes that they probably weren't anticipating when they started this whole invitational thing. I mean, yeah, clearly no one went in their wildest dreams when you know this whole situ- you know the whole 20, 2020 has been a movie in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every it every day and week feels like it's part of a movie. Yeah. And clearly, I think when the, the when the section of the movie where you know we weren't when we shut down in Atlanta and rumbling started emerging about this potential you know moving I racing to TV thing started coming. I don't think anyone envisioned that you know a driver as highly touted as Kyle Larson would would destroy you know part of their career or maybe even the entirety of their career uh you know because of iRacing so clearly i think that's had an effect and you know caused everyone no matter who you are in nascar whether you're you know the custodian at the nascar building or you're you know jim france to, to kind of pay attention to like what the heck just happened but that being said um you know they're not going to cancel the whole thing because of it you know they've been before unfortunately the the kyle larson debacle they had nothing but you know pretty much good news. I mean, the Bubba Wallace thing, yeah, that had that was a that was an incident, I guess you could say, but that was really blown largely out of proportion on so many levels. I mean, that that sponsorship was probably like five thousand bucks tops, 
Um, you know, it's not a longtime sponsor of our, I mean, it's a company that's been with RPM, but they're not, they're not like a company that's sponsoring them every week. I don't even remember the last time I've seen Blue Emu on the 43 in real life. I mean, I know it has, they have been on the 43 in real life, but it's not something that's, that's constant. Mm-hmm. So I think that one was a little bit blown out of proportion. It was nothing compared to Kyle Larson uh, on so many levels, of course, not just how serious of an incident it is for Larson, but also just the straight fallout. I mean, the sponsorship loss, the loss of his job. Um, so, you know, no one I don't think envisioned that. And I think that caused a lot of people to, to think twice. And we, we've seen some kind of uh, unofficial, not pro-invitational series events that eNASCAR.com was going to air that they're now not airing. So we've seen a little bit of a trickle-down effect there. But uh, as far as the overall pro-invitational series, uh, not only have they been receiving so much good acclaim before, you know, that Larson debacle that they don't want to shut it totally down, but also it would just be a bad precedent to, to shut down a good initiative because of one driver's, you know, massive mistake. So I expect it to keep going as we saw it did Sunday. There's no reason at this point if it went on Sunday that it wouldn't keep going. But uh, obviously it caught everyone's attention that, that what happened with Larson. I mean, it caught the whole world's attention, let alone the NASCAR world. Right. Yeah, I think I think what it turned into is a good object lesson because – in reality, um, it's a great example of how words mean things. And it's just important to understand that any time you're doing something that, you know, tens of thousands of other people are paying attention to, it doesn't matter if it's official NASCAR or not. I mean, you just, you know, there are certain standards that you have to live up to because you're in a sponsor-driven sport. And, you know, I, I think that what this all has turned into is a pretty good object lesson that, that shows us that. And, you know, and so going forward, hopefully now when we get back to the track, you know, maybe we, you know, we have even less of those issues because you can be a personality and you can be, you know, you can say things without, you know, there are just certain things you shouldn't say. And that was one of them, unfortunately. So yeah, this, this to me felt like Adam, it was just, it turned into an object lesson. Um, and not only should we not cancel uh, the the sim racing because of it, but I feel like it it actually gave it more relevance to say, look, guys, it doesn't matter if you're at the racetrack or away from the track doing a sim race with your buddies. You know, people are still paying attention, and you got to be careful. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, to like I said, for for something like this that was supposed to be just a nice way to help fans find something to do during the shutdown that. Right. give drivers a way to keep from getting rusty during the shutdown. Overall, to have this happen to Kyle Larson, you know, who was a rising star, is a total catastrophe for the sport. But that being said, I mean, you are right that at the end of the day, um, you know, it definitely could have been said to anyone heading into this whole thing that it, this is something that in the esports world, you know, you see some of. And it's in, in the esports world, you know, people pay attention to video games every day. They, they've seen things like this before. So, Unfortunately, I guess people in the NASCAR world didn't quite realize that when you put on that headset, it's the same thing as when you have, you know, uh, you put on your helmet at, at the at the racetrack and right. you've got a mic in there and, and Fox Sports or NBC can hear it. So, unfortunately, you know, the drivers didn't get that, that memo or not all of them got that memo. But, um, you know, Larson will, Larson will probably be able to recover from this. He's determined to come back. He's already so. enrolled in uh, the sensitivity training and, and he's trying to come back to NASCAR. Uh, we are uh, going to let you go, Adam, but uh, thanks for all the hard work that you do. Thanks for keeping us all in the media up to date on what's going on, and uh, be safe out there. We will talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. No problem. Adam Stern, everybody, from the Sports Business Journal. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of the Inside Pass right after this. 
This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Southern Iredell turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Financial stuff, it's so confusing. Where do you even start? With a trusted partner who knows the options and can understand your individual needs. That partner is Joshua Doby from the North Main Financial Group in Cornelius and host of North Main Financial, Saturdays at noon on WSIC. Hello, this is Joshua Doby, and I'm excited to share financial education while securing your financial future. Whether it's stocks, bonds, life insurance, partnerships, or anything else, we're here to help. Join me Saturdays at noon and visit us at NorthMainFinancial.com. For WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Koser. Skies will stay clear overnight. We'll see that low drop down to 42. Tomorrow, another great day. Mostly sunny skies with a high of 68. And then for Thursday, a high of 69, but it'll be mostly cloudy with a 90% chance for showers and storms. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. Good morning. This is Margaret Beveridge with your latest news. Low-income families in North Carolina with school-aged children will soon get additional food benefits thanks to federal funds sought by the state government due to the COVID-19 crisis. Governor Roy Cooper announced on Monday that the state is among the first four approved by the U.S. Department of Agriculture to provide help with federal funds through the pandemic electronic benefit transfer. For more, visit statesville.com. Five people have died following a COVID-19 outbreak at a nursing home in Cabarrus County. The Cabarrus Health Alliance says they began investigating Five Oaks rehabilitation in Concord and tested more than 300 residents and staff at the facility. 74 people tested positive, five of whom were staff members who don't live in Cabarrus County. Officials now say five of the people who tested positive have died. Stay tuned to WSIC throughout the day for more. I'm Margaret Beveridge from the News Desk. Hey, I'm looking for some lumber. Well, what kind do you need? Well, we've got TNG, shiplap, rough sawn, dressed, edge and center bead, seeing better, hardwood, composite, and LVL. Hmm? Gosh, I didn't realize there was so much to choose from. Well, at Lil Shavers, we know wood. No need to visit the big box stores. Lil Shavers Wood Shop is located just seven miles east off I 77 in Statesville. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Some wisdom teeth can become impacted by never breaking through the gum, which can lead to cysts, tooth decay, and gum disease. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination at myoms.org. This is Justin Loft, and you're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass on WSIC. If you missed Adam Stern's interview uh, with Tom and I, you can catch it on demand uh, later on this week. Great, great stuff, as always, from the Sports Business Journal. Um, one of the most respected journalists in our business. And uh, apparently that whole thing about Darlington being the first race back is starting to gain steam because I'm looking at social media and there's a lot of thing, a lot of uh, rumblings on Twitter about Darlington being the first really? race back So on the 17th. I saw something about that yesterday, but mm-hmm. at the time, the source that I... The source that originated or the that was tweeting it, mm-hmm. I didn't put necessarily too much stock in. Yes. yes. So, um, you know, I wasn't sure what to think of that. Plus, South Carolina has been on a lockdown, but mm-hmm. they're starting to, I think, already relax some of that. Yeah. So, yep. it would be interesting. I'm okay um, with that as long as the throwback weekend is is left un, untamed. I, I want them to keep rem, to maintain a throwback weekend. Yeah. I this, mean, I know, I know, because I feel like that. 
yes, having racing back is great, but I feel like we, we should we should do as much to normalcy as possible, which I know it's hard to do without fans, but just the, the look of the cars and the whole idea of having a throwback weekend wouldn't be the same if we didn't do it at all. Well, this is where we're at now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're in a situation where just like when IndyCar re- revised their schedule mm-hmm. this latest time, all of a sudden a third <laughs> Indy right. race appeared, right. right? Where there was two before. Yeah. Um, uh, I two Darlington races? This is ca- you know, right. This Why is kind of where we're at, what we used to. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of where we're at is we're, we're, we're trying to get races in. Right. We need 36 races. Even if we do 35 at, at Charlotte and one at Darlington, <laughs> yeah. we have to get racing somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really where we're at. Because, again, if you, if you, if you really believe that Sonoma is not going to be a thing, right. well, you got to have a race to replace that. Maybe Darlington's that race. I mean, you know, that's just where we are. And you know what? I would be okay with that if we had to do doubles, you know, or, <laughs> and when I say doubles, I mean an extra race here, an extra race there where there wasn't supposed to be two at that track in a year. I'm okay with that. Whatever a- we Atlanta can do. Atlanta used to have two races. Yes. So why not? Absolutely. I mean, let's let's just go racing and and worry about where we're racing and when you know and or i should say not be so worried about where we're racing and when as fans i think we need to just realize that we have to go racing wherever we can this right. year in whatever order we can and just you know just try and salvage as much as we can out of the season and hope that by the time we're done with it and we go into 21 life is normal enough again to where we can then go back to our normal full schedule and yeah. not worry about it. Yeah. Which, which kicks off in, in, uh, with the, the Bush Clash on the road course at Daytona, which you know, <laughs> throws a whole monkey wrench into everything else already again. Uh, so talking about Darlington, it, it's funny because it transitions into the, the next story. Ricky Craven has decided that he's going to retire completely from the NASCAR sport at the end of the 2020 season. He posted a long message on Facebook the other day, um, basically just saying that he felt like there were people in the sport that know more about the current product than he does, and he just wanted to take a step back and let the people that know more about the, the cars and know more about the sport as it is today do more of the talking because he, he kind of feels like out of touch basically with the yeah. way that things are right now. Respectable, um, I think, and, and kind of a great way to kind of bow out and say, you know what, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable talking about this stuff because I haven't been in the car in 15 years or whatever. I, I would much rather have somebody else do it that knows what they're doing because they have more recent uh, exposure to, to the car we're driving now. Yeah, that, that long tweet was very interesting mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. Um, you pointed out what I consider to be sort of the, you know, the PC part. Um, and, and I'm sure it came from his heart. I'm sure he really believes everything he said there. Um, but there was also a part of that tweet that, interestingly enough, dealt with Kyle Larson. Right. Um, that told the story about, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, they had um, the 42 at a throwback scheme mm-hmm. to his first race ricky's mm-hmm. um and you know of course ricky was all excited when he found this out and was you know was only too happy to 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 go and be a part of that and he had his son with him and they you know they they were around the car and kyle walked up and ricky said you know it it it, it was obvious that kyle didn't understand the the history of the car he was running mm-hmm. And he said, I, I, I'm perfectly okay that he didn't acknowledge the history or really acknowledge me, but he didn't even acknowledge my son. Right. And, and basically saying, 
there that that Kyle basically kind of just blew them off and didn't really, you know, if if you've got a young, you know, a a, a young person around you, it takes two minutes to make that person feel special by saying hello, how are you, whatever. Uh, and I think he was kind of laying out the story that maybe Kyle didn't, you know, didn't do all the things he could have done to, you know, at least right. be nice and be, right. you know, engaged. And, and, you know, again, I don't want to dump on Kyle and, and I, I wasn't there obviously. So I have no idea what actually happened, but I have seen a lot of times where drivers, even, you know, even with us media, they just sort of turn their head and go the other way or whatever. And they don't It's like, there's a lesson right there. You know, it, you, you, Ricky never forgot that, you know? And, right. and, and so I think, you know, maybe part of the lesson that we can learn here while we're on shutdown is how can we, how can we as drivers, you know, how can the drivers um, be kind of more cognizant of what's going on around them, even on the grid, you know, on race day, doesn't take too much to say hello. Right, you know, exactly. Um, and especially, I'm sure Kyle knew Ricky Craven. And, and, you know, so that was an interesting long tweet. It was almost like Ricky was sort of um, putting out part of his, his story there and doing a stream of consciousness <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but I will say this. Ricky was one of the most uh, articulate and intelligent, um, you know, r- analysts that we've had in the sport. And. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best because he's given a good part of his life to racing. And, you know, now he gets to go and sort of step back and spend a little more time out of the limelight with his family doing things he enjoys doing outside of the sport. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, I want to kind of tra- take take this next topic and kind of transition into Thursday because I think it would be a great topic for all of us to, to discuss while we're all here together on Thursday. But Bob Pockers pl- published an interesting story last week about what the most iconic number is in NASCAR, in, in history of the sport. He named his top ten, which includes uh, Dell Jr., both the, in the 8 and the 88. The 6, the 17, 11, 2, 24, 21, 43, and 3 was the top of his list, of course, Dell Earnhardt. So in, in, who would be on your list if you had to, to pick? I mean, he had pretty much all of the, the top guys, but there are a couple people missing from that, from, from the list that I noticed. But And he, he explained why they were missing from his list, but... Yes. 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 That's my list. <laughs> all, all the ones he said, yes. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know who – he took them all. Like, who uh, else so the, the, three, the three numbers that I came up with, that he, <laughs> that he responded because people – he asked for people's opinion, and people responded. The first one was 48. Um, because no. they thought, why was why is Jimmy not on there? And he said, well, no. I mean, it's it's yeah, he should be, but it's still too early. Like he he still hasn't built, he still has a legacy left. Like right. there's still more of him to to do. Exactly. And he's the most iconic driver in the 48. It's not like, you know, you look at all these other numbers, and there's people, there's plenty of people before Denny Hamlin and before Daryl Waltrip, you know, that, that have driven those numbers. Right. So with the 48, he's pretty much the only one. Um, the 28, Davy Allison, uh, was on the list as well. Um, and he basically kind of said, you know, yes, there's a legacy there, but he didn't, he wasn't a, he wasn't a, a long-term standing driver enough to build that legacy in the 28. Like people, well, people see him in the 28, but, but if you look at the 28 number, 
Right. Buddy Baker, mm-hmm. Grey Ghost, Bobby Allison drove it. Cale mm-hmm. Yarborough one day toned it with it. Yeah. Um, the 28 was an iconic, Is it sure. had several drivers of history. It isn't just Davey Allison. That's true. Um, I don't agree with putting the 48 on yet because, as you said, right. Jimmy's not done. Right. And and now he still might not be. Yeah, he's starting <laughs> to talk about not being done at the end of 20 now because well, I mean, and I could understand why because you know we may not get half the he's season. He's been retired for three months already. So. Yeah. Um. So he may run up to 21. I think the whole goal was Jimmy wanted out before the Gen 7 car came in right. because I think he felt like. That was a good time for him. Kind to of like out. a Ricky Craven type of situation where I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm too old to know how this car is going to run. Right. And I don't want to take. The I don't want to be out. that guy. Put somebody younger in it that yep. that may be more. Yeah, and so now he may have. He's going to have another year probably, so he may come back in 21. So I don't think he put 48 on there yet. And as you said, that's really only associated with him. Now you can make the the case for 43. Really being only associated with Richard Petty, although other drivers probably right. have driven it's it. It's still but, been a Petty car. Um, and it's one with John Andretti and right. Hamilton and whatever. But but it's it's but that was an era. And I think eventually we'll put the 48 on there because the 48 was an era. Right. You know, in this era, the 48 is the number. And yeah. so, yeah. That's right. The other, the other number on there was a nine car that Chase and Billy drove. So um, we are going to uh, st- get out of here for the week. Uh, Nick DeGroote will join us next week from motorsport.com. We'll see you Thursday on Motorsports Madness. For Tom Baker, I'm Randy Miller. Have a great week. Be safe. And we'll see you at the racetrack, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>